edition of the podcast. Spring edition, dude. Butterflies are out there, birds, bees. I wore a light jacket today to work. I was almost sweating. Yep, I smelled the New York City garbage. What's what's going on? And this full putrid smell. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. <laughs> Did not get that 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 text alert that spring is coming. <laughs> Ooh, hey, what's good, people? It's uh, it's been a good week overall because we're all. You know, we're hopefully all good and healthy, but overall, it's been kind of a dark week as far as music is concerned. It's a very dark week. Um, Rest in peace, Nipsey Hussle. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure, you know, it's it it was huge news. I mean, that's the only thing I think the only something positive about it was the fact of where, you know, it it was news that broke to CNN and all these other major news outlets, and it wasn't just like oh, hip hop already, dude got shot, gang, yada yada yada. Yeah. There was an angle of it where it was like, oh, this is lost. This is lost community. Like yeah. he was doing really good things. Yeah. It's probably, like I said, and it's fucked up because it's probably the most I've seen hip hop portrayed in a relatively good light. Yeah. In mainstream media in a long time. And like I said, it what fucking sucks is the fact if it came off the death of somebody who was a young, talented artist who was on the upswing of his career. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and, and I, I think this is probably one of the few times where you know an artist has passed away and we don't first talk about their music. Yeah, and not saying like you know it's because of you know his music is, is bad, or whatever. But I think it's more is because he left a legacy of community empowerment. <laughs> And a legacy of like self empowerment that like no other rapper, you know, I wouldn't say no other rapper, but I, I can't name another rapper who's done more for his community in, in terms of like you know planting seeds of self empowerment than yeah. Nipsey Hussle. Agree, you know? agree. Um, and I think it was really kind of cool to see that, it, and like you said, like even on like the mainstream um kind of news outlets you know talking more about his community service um and not about the fact that he was a you know he's he's a crip yeah you know, he's a game banger um and you know the, yeah they always tend to leave with that um but you know i think he's done so much for the for the community and you know i i think he was going to participate in this kind of like this you know gang um I guess like rally to kind of stop violence and you know he he got to the point where like I guess like the mayor or the chief of police like was sending condolences yeah you know like when you have a rapper that has like the 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 damn mayor (laughs) (laughs) or any city official (laughs) sending condolences you know you impacted the community so I I think you know he was going to participate in some stop the violence marches and things like that and yeah i mean i again like i i don't even think you know i think i think his legacy will live on um and i'm glad you know i'm not glad but you know i i think a good thing out of this tragedy tragedy is that you know more people know about his legacy and more people kind of like are going back to his interviews and going back to you know kind of you know uh some of reading about like you know like he set up a like a stem uh, incubator yeah. in Compton, you know, kind of reading that and maybe like donate to that. Like I'm going to hopefully donate to that soon. Um, and, you know, keep that legacy alive. Um, so I, I think again, like if there's, if there's any type of rose that's growing out of this concrete, it's the fact that like his legacy is going to live on and his legacy is so publicized. Um, and we're not just talking about music and, and hip hop and things like that, or even talking about, you know, like gang violence and things yeah. like that. We're talking about that legacy. 
Yeah, no, and he's somebody where, and, and like I said, it's, it, it, it would have been so easy because he's he's got his controversial things. You know, at times he was homophobic. Yeah, you know, we, yeah. Lyrically, yeah, you know, a, he's, yeah. he's he's a, lyrically, <laughs> it's not like he's any more enlightened than a lot of other street rappers. But like I said, what I love about it is the fact of a, obviously you expect the outpouring from hip hop because he was, you know, a fallen brother. But like I said, it's the fact of where it's like CNN and like, oh, this guy did this and did that. Yeah. You know, I was reading an article about like, this just basically, you get an impression like this white, like electrician was on something like, yo, when I used to show up there and do work in fucking Compton, you know, just as a contractor, he would come out there and give me free juices and shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. cool to hear a, a lot about that as opposed to, yo, but you know, that mixtape was flames. You know what I'm saying? Not, not there's anything wrong with that. We, no, know, no, we no, love no, music. No, definitely. But it's cool to kind of see, like I said, the idea of a young black man portrayed, a young black man from hip hop portrayed as somebody who's for the community, who's loving, who had foresight. You know, it's something, and like I said it's kind of sad. You would, you don't really hear that in general. Yeah, and, and you know, also too, you know, I, you know, we were industry adjacent. <laughs> don't really work in the industry. Uh, well, I used to kind of sort of, but um, one of the things that was really touching to me is like, you know, there's so many people I know in my timelines who have like personal reflections and personal recollections of Nipsey Hussle, uh, just being a good dude. Yeah. Um, there's somebody who, like, you know, I follow and they were just talking about, um, you know, I guess Nipsey Hussle was supposed to do this kind of like panel discussion on entrepreneurship and hip hop. And it was supposed to just be like, you know, a panel discussion where you're supposed to be on stage, you get interviewed and blah, blah, blah. And that was supposed to be it. And he ended up staying like in talking to aspiring rappers like one on one. Wow. And like giving like saying for like 10, 15 minutes and asking them what their aspirations are, like answering any questions and, and things like that. And like, and it seemed like that wasn't even the part of <laughs> the agenda. <laughs> you know, he was just being a good dude. Like, like, you know, obviously when you have like a, a hip hop artist come to a music event, you have all these rappers who have questions and things like that. And he took the time to actually like engage with somebody, like everybody like one-on-one and stay like an extra hour or extra like hour or two hours to kind of actually do that, which is, I mean, not only just for rappers, it's unheard of for like anybody to really do that. Any type of like celebrity yeah. or, you know, influencer or whatnot, like they usually like go in, you know, like do their hour and get their check, yeah. you know? Um, so there's all, and there are a lot of like stories like that. People pair, like sharing like their personal recollections, um, you know, people who, like I know, like people who were like were supposed to shoot him for like Double XL or like some some magazine, and he's like he showed up early, and <laughs> <laughs> which is in itself an act of giving. Shout like, out to all the photographers and interviewers out there. But it was, it was like super nice to the crew, you know, like like you know, because again, you don't see that with any like any like not even hip hop, like any celebrity. Um, you know, it's so super nice to the crew and super nice to like all like the people behind the scenes that make, that make things happen. Um, so just like reading those stories, I think we're also like touching because I think it kind of puts that that extra. Uh, it just like shows that extra level of of like, humanity that this this like this dude had. Um, that you know, again, like even though like like CNN's doing a good, good job, just kind of seeing that humanity kind of expressed uh, with all of like you know colleagues and friends has just been amazing as well. Yeah, no, and and like I said, what sucks too, even to even bring it back to the music, he was on somebody where he's somebody where 2010 he came out. No, actually, no, I'm I'm lying. Rewind. You know, he came out. You know, in the late 2000s, he was, had a mixtape buzz. 2010, as usual, the industry came said, "Hey, you're the next one. 
got X, XXL freshman. He was supposed to come out with his debut album, you know. Yeah. And then they started, you know, putting him with rap collaborations and R&B shit. And then he basically, you know, that album never came back out. And he basically went back to the mixtape circuit. And so he's somebody who's basically self-made. Yeah. He didn't show up there on something like, oh, I've got this, I've got that. Enough where, you know, out of grinding for pretty much 10 years, he made it to the point of where he finally released his quote-unquote debut, which is by this time, he's just a seasoned, you know, fellow oh, yeah. rapper, and he gets fucking Grammy nods. Like, this is somebody where he was crossing over in big ways, where he was in fucking um, the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend TV show. He had, like, a little skit on it, where basically... Word? Yeah, like, like it's, if I remember correctly, <laughs> the skit is, like, it's something, something along the lines of where, you know, because in that show... They're running, obviously the running joke, but one of the running things is the fact of they, you know, they play with relationships and there's a lot of singing, you know. Yeah. So he comes and raps an interlude and then basically is just like, yo, that was kind of misogynistic. And then so the rest of the skit is him calling up all the girls he called bitches and dissed in his life. What? So it's cute. And that's, that's, cool. that's cool. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's, it's something where it, it's, if career-wise, he was definitely up on, on an upswing. And also what's interesting is that, you know, for both coasts, East Coast and West Coast coming into, actually... I would even say even the previous decade, but definitely coming to 2010, we kind of lost a sense of identity. And I feel that with Nipsey, he was somebody where, you know, along with Rick Hendricks, along with, you know, your YGs now, like he was kind of rebuilding that coast. Like yeah. he's somebody where, you know, as far as New York is concerned, we're kind of lost in the wilderness where yep. unapologetically West Coast, yep. you know, pushing that West Coast sound, but being very current. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so that's what kind of sucks. Whereas like, even that on a music level, he was a top tier West Coast MC and it kind of sucks that he's not here also. Because he's somebody where, you know, right now, you know, I mean, just musically, as far as just black music, period, West Coast is it. Like, oh, yeah. And it, so it kind of sucks where he was somebody where he was on the forefront of the Renaissance, you know, Grammy nominated and fucking, you know, just fucking over bullshit, you know? Yeah, no, yeah. definitely. And it's, it's really sad. I mean, I, I haven't really been keep, keeping up with the news in terms of, you know, um, like the the rest of they made and things like that. It seems like it was over some personal yeah, just, 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 disagreement. Yeah, just, you know, he got one guy got offended by another guy. And, and that's the thing. You know, what kind of is depressing about that is the fact of where I didn't say it's anything better. But it's something where you know it's 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 something that could literally be anybody, and it's 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 senseless. It's literally senseless. And, oh yeah. And like I said, is I like the fact of where in the media coverage they kind of focus on that as opposed to the fact that he's an ex game member, and that you know it's hopefully it's a turning point where we kind of focus on the idea of just how cheap that particularly we you know society kind of treats. You know, quote unquote, black lives, or even in in, in urban centers, and that we kind of reevaluate how we kind of the way we kind of move into circles. Because it was some stupid shit. Come on, like yeah. in broad daylight, it's like that was just you know, and maybe it's a hardcore. I mean, a hardcore, but you know, as a New Yorker, you know, it's a it's I won't say it's a mega dangerous city, but shit pops off. Yeah. In your mind, it's always if I do X, Y, Z, and I don't do this, I don't do that, I'll be safe. But it's kind of fucked up where on this on some random shit, you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, a random disagreement where you could sit there and just argue with it or say fuck you, walk away, and suddenly you know, yeah. a man is fucking just murdered just just because. And like I said, it's it's violence against violence, and it's fucked up. Yeah, but uh, you know, I mean, like at the end of the day, man, rest in peace. Rest in I peace. I mean, the, the legacy is not forgotten. I, I guess it is. It's, in my lifetime, is the first time I've seen hip hop get treated with some respect to hip hop death. So I do think that, like you said, it's not in vain. It's something where his legacy will live on. And, you know, I, and like I said, it's just whoever's suffering out there, whoever's kind of depressed and sad about the death, you know, my, my blessings towards you. I hope you guys feel better about it, guys and girls. 
And like I said, I, I do think that if there's any silver lining is that, you know, I do think the good that he put in the world will live on after his death. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so on to another death. Yes. Um, <laughs> a death of, 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 of a cultural death, I, I if you would. Well, it depends, because I, I still... I'm pretty sure I've played these new Xbox and PlayStation games. We've got a lot of CGI work. I'm not 100% sure this person's a real person. Wait, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? I thought I was talking about Red Bull. Oh, shit. I was... Oh, uh, my bad. What are you talking about? Eilish. Oh, Oh, we'll get 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 to Eilish. Yeah. We'll get to Eilish. Oh, yeah, but that's another... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) As far as I know... Still alive. Mm. Stops right rumors. Well, uh, I, don't, I don't think she's a, she's an algorithm. Uh, you know what? You know, we talked about the Red Bull thing. We texted each other, but yeah. we didn't put it on the actual agenda. Yeah, so, that's why. Yeah. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I'm running wild right now. Yeah. But to, to, to rewind, and I, and I apologize. <laughs> I jumped the gun, but stone. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll save it since I, since I fucked it up. All right. So long story short, Red Bull Music Academy is closing down. So... Some of you out there are like, why should I care? Um, the thing is with the Red Bull Music Academy is the fact of where it was Red Bull's basic, you know, and obviously we all know that they're a, 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 a soft drink brand. They're also a marketing brand. But with Red Bull Music Academy, what they would do is multi-tiered. They would have shows, obviously sponsored shows. And also they basically would give an opportunity for writers and researchers and interviewers to kind of go deep in underground music. Um, Their corner tended to be along the lines of electronic music and also, let's say, R&B, not necessarily hip-hop, but definitely experimental black music, but also new and old. So pretty much, like, if you go to the webpage now of Red Mill Music Academy, you've got things on, like, seminal R&B albums from, like, the 70s, yeah. You've got things about like Flying Lotus. You've got things about Moody Man. You've got things about you know superstar DJs now like Nina Kravitz, where you know they broke her. It's something where for you know in in a space where you know the internet made music everything fast, everything easy, and you had a lot of these websites coming in and these new artists kind of going in and out. What I loved about Red Bull Music Academy is the fact that they were focused on not necessarily the new cutting edge music in those spheres, but also the old shit. And it was just, it's a great symposium of just musical journalism. And it's kind of fucked up where, you know, and, and I get it. It's, it's the idea is that, you know, things have to come to an end. And, and 21 years is a great run. But it's going to definitely leave a, a gaping hole in, you know, good shows that were relatively cheap. And also yeah. just general, just paying people to do actual good music journalism. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, I, one of the things that... That uh, that's kind of sad too. Like the Rebel Music Academy started as like an actual academy where they would take like twenty or thirty yes. like budding musicians and they'll mix in like like this is your my like pre SoundCloud so your MySpace <laughs> <laughs> artists and they you know they'll throw in like you know RZA and they'll throw in you know more like established artists and they'll put them in a room together somewhere around the world like tokyo or rome or like you know they did new york for a few years la and for two weeks they would just like collaborate and make music and then there's like you know they press like a cd of songs um that they would just distribute to all the cool kids um and it's just like this really cool like collaborative process um that just evolved out of it. and yeah it was it, it heavily skewed like r&b uh, kind of hip hop, but not even hip hop and and EDM. 
And it was just like a great moment for the culture, you know, like, like, you know, I, I want to be honest, like the CD that that was like kind of the like the deliverable, the output was not always the greatest. No. But, you know, again, it's the fact that you kind of have these artists and producers kind of working together um, and collaborating, making music. Like they, it's like the real world, basically, where you like you live and work in the same space. The producer real world. <laughs> Diplo um, stole my frosted flakes. <laughs> Fuck Diplo. But you know, I, I I thought it was like really really cool and really innovative. Um, and yeah, it kind of evolved to be this this kind of brand. And one of the things I loved about Red Bull is like they never tried to make it mainstream. Like they never tried to make it. You know, they didn't want to try a book like, you know, like a little Yachty. Yeah. You know, just because, like, that's what's trending on social media. Um, you know, they, they would only book artists that they felt like were authentic, you know. And they would do, you know, I, you know, I remember, like, the festival, Red Bull Music Academy Festival, where they basically did a Paradise Garage revival in front of the old Paradise yeah. Garage, which is like a Verizon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, like. I don't know, maintenance shed now, <laughs> but you know, like things like that, where like you're talking about, you know, when I say paradise garage, 99.9% of the people who just like heard that, like doesn't, don't know what it is, <laughs> but that shit was lit. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a seminal dance club in eighties, New York, where literally, you know, house artists could dance a lot of the, long story short, a lot of the songs you get sampled now in 2019, came from tracks dance tracks that were made in the paradise garage yeah yeah and you know you had all these old people you know older people who like remember the 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 venue in this heyday you had like you know young millennials like you had cool kids you had people just walking down the street like what is this and walking in and start dancing it was really 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 cool um, so the events that are kind of attached to the rbma name i thought were really cool as well because I don't know. It just, it just felt unabashedly authentic. Yeah, no. There was one where they had a, a classic uh, ballroom one. Yeah, where they had a BK Bazaar, which is like a, this warehouse space, and they literally set up like a, a runway with like lights. Oh shit! So I was could, there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was like it's, it wasn't just like oh shit, we're just gonna you know we're gonna ask some random hipster kid to give us you know his favorite four or five you know songs, albums, all this book, book, book those artists. There was actually thought and care. It was well, it was, and I hate this term. It was well curated. <laughs> <laughs> no, and and, and, and yeah, and, and, and I think too, it's like. You know, like Red Bull's marketing team has always been fire. Yeah. Like always been fire. Um, I've always respected them. Like even back in the day when they would just like cut you a check to throw a party. <laughs> <laughs> Red Bull and Scion, like back in the day, would just cut you a check. You have like a little PowerPoint presentation, you get you get like a G a thousand a thousand dollars, you know? Um but yeah, man, I I, I think like and like I said, you know, now it's kind of it evolved into this whole kind of like media brand. And, you know, you, you had like these kind of really cool like videos where they get like, you know, the like RZA and things like that to kind of go through their process. Um, I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah, I, I, I just think, yeah, it, it's kind of a depth of the culture. Um, you know, I think there are they're not like the whole idea of curation Stealing your word, yeah, uh, it's kind of dying, and I almost feel like you know we need curation more than ever, and we also need like spaces to kind of archive some of these these things. 
Um, I think we live in a musical moment now where we're always, you know, like we're, there's so much music flooding, flooding us every day. Like we're always about the new, new, new. And, you know, there are trends and movements. We always talk about 2008. Like that was, you know, 2009, you know, that was 10 years ago. Like we need archiving of that. We need like, you know, ways to capture that. And, you know, with the, the loss of MySpace and the loss of Red Bull Music Academy, like, you know, I, I feel like, I don't know, man. I mean, that, that was a really, like, both of those things were a, big, a really big part of my, my musical life. So it hurts. Yeah. And and, and, it was, and going back to your point, it's, it's what's depressing about it all is the fact that we're in an era where it shouldn't die. Like, er, like we everything is, you know, we're pretty much self, everything that's happening now, you know, if, 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 if I go out there and I throw this crazy dance party, if you go on Instagram, there's thousands of people, you know, talking about it. We're at a point of where the technology is caught up, where it relatively should be easy to archive it. Yeah. It should be easy to kind of document it. It should be easy to get interviews. And for some reason, we're not, because like you said, we're focused on the new. It's too much. It's yeah. like, how do you pick, when a, when a thousand things are coming at you, how do you pick what's, what's valuable and what's not? But I, I think, like I said, the issue there is the fact of we've kind of moved into this space where it feels like we're going through trends and and literally I, I would you know like the golden era of hip hop particular side of hip hop was probably almost 10 years let's say right yeah even though obviously we could make the argument that it's all the trap era you know th- there's a huge difference between you know Gucci what Gucci Mane was doing versus what Young Thug is doing and all these new dudes and, and Juice and Juice World and what the next you know couple of SoundCloud rappers will be doing you know yeah. what I'm saying and so we've kind of got this weird thing where every 3 years culture shifts and unfortunately, there aren't that many people who care to document it. Yeah. It's all about making their money and leaving. And what's cool about Red Bull is the fact of like they cared. And here's the thing. I get the issues around it because it's corporate branded. You know, you show up for a Red Bull party and it's Red Bull fucking every... Like I saw Feverware. Feverware um, last year. Yeah. Great live show. But, you know, you show up. It's like the Red Bull tent. It's like the free Red Bulls. It's like the Red all the people wearing Red Bulls, you know, fucking t-shirts on stage, even though she's got this great stage set, there's Red Bull on the side. Yeah. I get it, but what was great about Red Bull was the fact that, like you said, they cut the fucking check. It's exactly. like, here, here's exactly. the money, just make sure you have product placements, that way the selfies show up, and we, we don't give a fuck what you do. And I think the idea of, particularly in America, where there really isn't funding for the arts, the way it should be, particularly underground arts, when you have these sponsors kind of pulling away, it's definitely going to leave a hole. And obviously, artists are. It'll find a way. But I think what's unfortunate is the fact of where, you know, it was a space where, you know, a lot of these underground artists were. And I can't, and I can't remember there was a quote I read um, from a producer, like an EDM producer, who was just like, well, for Red Bull Music Academy, a lot of these dope bedroom producers are going to stay in the bedroom. Yeah. And it's like they gave you a way of like, oh, shit, you know. Oh, now I, you know, I submitted this track and I've got a little buzz. Oh, now I'm going to fly me out to, to Paris. You know yeah. What I'm yeah. And I can do some Paris gigs. Oh, shit. You know, they're, you know, like, like I saw Tilly McFerrin, you know, they, they had like a $5 show. But then imagine that dude that opened up for them. You know, oh, shit. Now I could go. Because well, they were really good about having underground artists that had some buzz. Yeah. But also artists below them that were yeah. pretty solid that didn't have necessarily the same kind of buzz. Yeah. So it's the idea of where without that curation, without the opportunities to go out there and effectively just make a little bit of cash, yeah. it gets it gets more difficult for a lot of these dope artists, these dope musicians to kind of get opportunities to present their music in the world. And it's and it's a loss. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and I do have to say, uh, you know, as somebody who has worked with Rebel before, like they don't care a lot about like all of like 
social media impressions, or at least they didn't like back in the day. I mean, I I mean, it. it I still feel like they probably don't. No, they don't. Even, even the shows I've seen when they've been sponsored recently. It's yeah, like, it's like, yeah. like they don't care about social media impressions. They don't care about oh, is this person going to go and buy a Red Bull from the bodega tomorrow? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I think like that's the thing. Like their marketing was so authentic. It, it, you know, I don't drink Red Bull, <laughs> but I love Red Bull. I love like what they do. And I think like, like, you know, it's not about like all of these metrics and shit like that. It, you know, um, it's about, you know, empowering or influencing people like, like the cool kids. to at least like throw your name out. Like that's your, that's your billboard. Yeah. Like, like cool kids saying Red Bull, this Red Bull event was dope. Yeah. Like that's your billboard. And I think like that philosophy is really, really, really cool. And that's why they, they stand, stood out, <laughs> you know, it gets like, you know, you have all these other brands like, you know, Doritos. The Doritos stage, <laughs> my favorite. <laughs> it's, it was a moment in the culture. It will go down in history. The Doritos stage. <laughs> Lady Gaga. Throwing up, <laughs> where, where it's just like so inauthentic, and it's just like you, your brand becomes like a punchline. And I think like Red Bull by booking these artists and just like just not worrying about like the thing, you know, all those things, like uh, it just yeah, it resonated with me way more than than any of these other brands and even brands I've worked with before. I mean, so I, 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 I they weren't cloud chasers. Where the whole idea of now, particularly in the internet era and in Twitter era, is all about like, oh, I've got five thousand, you know. 50,000 retweets. They were just on some like, nah, fuck it. Just, 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 just don't embarrass us, son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and I think, you know, like I said, I, it, it, it kind of sucks. I, I'm, I'm kind of curious. It, it seems like there's been a devaluation of music across the whole Red Bull brand uh, in terms and like, in kind of shifting more towards like extreme sports and stuff like that, which they've always done. They've always done that stuff too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I hope, I hope if there's a brand out there that's willing to take up the mantle, like like the the it's wide open. Yeah, no, so. and I, and I hope it is. I feel like the, I feel that, you know, and and it's in at least in New York City, not to keep it you know local. There's been a slow creep away. Like I know well, apparently Boiler Room, a lot of the New York operations got sh- like they didn't shut down, but they were like it's it's really expensive to run it here. So they're not really doing events here anymore. Oh, that sucks. And then like you know House of Vans, which is a great little venue. Yep. That pretty much their permanent space they closed up and that is still for rent. If you if you got <laughs> you know probably thirty G's a month, you could go out there and rent and have your own venue. So it was the idea of where and I get it. You know, if if you could get that money, you know, if you if 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 the if if the corporate C level bigwigs look and care about you know you know Twitter fucking replies and like fucking cool YouTube commercials, I get the idea of funneling money away from that. But like you said, with Red Bull. The reason why I knew about Red Bull was because even before I was in the States was I was playing fucking Wipeout on PlayStation 1. <laughs> and then you had this crazy, crazy techno shit. And even though you're driving in these futuristic-ass cars, suddenly there would be this Red Bull logo that would fucking pass by. Now, it's up, it's up looked pretty kind of futuristic. Yeah. And so I think is the idea of where... And it's kind of interesting the way things are kind of changing. And I'm not necessarily in marketing, but... It feels that the idea is to have like a, a international logo. Like the idea of Apple is not obviously Apple is phones, it's MacBooks, but it's not the idea of Apple as a brand. The reason why it's worth money is you could take the Apple and put it on pretty much a beer, and it's seen as a certain level of quality. Yeah. And I feel that you know to a certain extent that Red Bull had a certain kind of you know even though like you said extreme sports you know 
there's probably a lot of soccer hooligans out there punching people in the face underneath <laughs> the Red Bull logo. But somehow they're able to kind of etch out this cool. And a lot of it was because they understood the relationship between commerce and art and capitalism and art. And they knew what was not necessarily how to promote dope shit, but how to let dope people promote dope shit. And it's, yeah. and it's got out of their way. Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, as you know, we're in this late stage capitalism world that it's kind of unfortunate that, that these spaces are kind of leaving. And, and and I'll be honest with you, though, I can't even be that negative because props to them. That was 21 years. Like, oh, yeah. Lord knows you've got a lot of people who came and left on some like, oh, we'll pay. Go back to Doritos. We'll pay for this awesome ass South by Southwest stage one year and then the next year it's ghosts. Yeah. You know, so they've actually put in the work. I mean, the only thing I could hope for is that, you know, like a lot of web pages is not something like, all right, cool. Erase everything we've done <laughs> for the past twenty-one years. I do hope, like, as an we arc, have a server migration, a ser- server migration. <laughs> Shouts to MySpace. Shouts to MySpace. IT team. But uh, I hope that you know, like, and and I, 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 assuming it's the same guys in charge and who made some of these decisions in, in the near past, that you know they keep the web page live and they keep that archive going. And even though they said it's not, you know, completely dead, you know. That once the blue moon, they throw some money towards some cool young kids who have some cool ideas and have something pop here and there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. But uh, rest, rest in peace, guys. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. And on that end, it's new music which I jumped the gun on. Yay! <laughs> Yay! So uh, since, I, since I, again I fucked up, I'll talk about my new music first. Go for it, man. Uh, mine is not really because we all gonna talk about Kel Chris, but I didn't have a chance to dive into that too much because honestly, uh, I've listened to a lot of DJ Mugs and Mac Hami's Tier Le Tout. Okay, would be the name. It's called Kill 'Em All. So long story short, um, and I've posted early on in the podcast. I kind of raved about Mac Hami. Mac Hami is this Newark. Newark, New Jersey MC, very underground. He used to be down with Griselda, which is kind of like New Yorkery, but kind of upstate based. Basically, mm. you know, sinister sounding samples, a lot of like, you know, I'll grab you in a daughter and duffel bag and dump you in the water type shit. Yeah. A lot of Rocky Marciano type shit. A lot of late 90s, this dark hip hop. But he's somebody who's kind of split away from that group. Um,. Apparently, business-wise, because maybe there's some arguments about money or whatever, whatever, but also in aesthetic, where a lot of those dudes are still doing a lot of knucklehead rap, and so is Mac Hami, but it's just much weirder. Yeah. Sometimes it's this double, double-time stream of thought rants. He switches to different languages. He'll be singing like most deaf half the half time. It's just a lot of weird esoteric kind of hip hop type stuff, you know. Well within the thug genre, yeah. <laughs> he will still shoot you in the face, yeah. But it's, it's a lot more creative. On the flip side, you've got DJ Muggs, where you know he's somebody where you know OG producer of Cypress Hill, you know, has got this aesthetic, this dark minimalist aesthetic that you saw in Cypress Hill days back in the golden era, and as he's kind of kept going. With him himself, he's had a couple of recent projects where it's um, it was him and uh, funny enough, Rock Marciano. Mm. That was late last year. You have to one this year of a rapper called Ido, who I think is also New York City based, like upstate New York. Oh, word. And then this project also, and it's and it's basically refining this kind of like, you know, these these off kilter, you know, string, sometimes psychedelic, sometimes it's this, this eerie piano loop kind of like minimalistic hip hop where sometimes it's not even real drums. And there's just dudes going crazy over it. So 
with Mac Homme kind of coming from that same school that kind of linked up and it's, it's I mean it's a fucking great album it's 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 definitely a winter album it's something where it's dark it's definitely just you know just shooting people up and everything else but what I love about it is the fact of where they both play well with each other because like I said Mac Homme is a little off kilter where you know it might be him singing it might be you know, him just rapping in different patois. It might be him kind of flipping a lot of different words. But with that sinister sounding thing behind it, it kind of gives it all weird kind of like the sheen of like almost post-apocalyptic type thing happening. Mm. And this is a great winter album, it's, which is kind of ironic because it drops <laughs> right when spring's starting to happen. <laughs> but, um, and also with Matt Comey, what's cool about it is the fact of where he's such a little weirdo that he's on that weirdness where it's just like, you know... His, you can only buy his albums on Bandcamp and he, he takes them down half time. And when you could buy them, they like, he charges 50 bucks for an album, a digital copy of it. So, pretty Get money. much, yeah. So, this is the first like project he has that's easily streamable on like fucking Spotify. Right. So, hopefully, from this, he'll be able to kind of get more, you know, get bigger and more popular. Cause I, I think it's, and he's somebody where he's like an MC's MC. Cause I remember like um, Earl Sweatshirt said he's like the best rapper out there now which is wow. a, a lofty That's, thing yeah. to kind of say yeah definitely but unfortunately and and by choice because he's he's had like uh two or three interviews and literally those interviews are just about what is commercialization and art mm. like in, in like some weird five percenter on a street corner type shit yeah so he's somebody very well concerned with craft going back to the idea of where letting the cool shit kids doing cool things for him it's not necessarily about like oh i gotta have you know i'm not necessarily the best rapper or these great beats it's more like you know how am i approaching this as an artist yeah and so it's kind of a cool thing so like i said it's it's nice for him to have a a, a project that a is readily available b is dope and c is a solid showcase for his talents so that's what we listen to a lot of this this week that's what's up yeah that's what's up uh <laughs> man i'm gonna follow this up with some not hip-hop <laughs> But uh, is she? I feel like I feel like I feel like she's she's kind of you know. So all right, I, I she is the post trap like white girl for this generation. <laughs> and all right, so we're talking about Billie Eilish. She would you say she's Lord on Lean? Ooh, Ooh damn! Right you got all the yeah, you got the that, all the hot hot takes. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, all right, so she has a new album called "When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?" <laughs> Question mark. Um, and I mean, I guess like it was. So I've been a big kind of like Billie Eilish. I wouldn't say like super like fan, but like I liked and enjoy her aesthetic. Like you know, I talked about the fact that there's not a lot of American women who are just like white women who are quote or pop stars who are just like fuck the world. You know, like we have this like this really like puritan puritanical sense <laughs> that our white like pop star female pop stars need to like you know mold into Disney, the Disney you know the Disney machine. And again, as much as I love Ariana Grande's current run, it's very problematic. Well, very stereotypical. Yeah, and you know the the singing, the dancing, the you know I dress like I'm 15, but I want you to. To have like you know I'm wearing a mini skirt up to my fucking ankle you know up to my fucking chest you know it's this weird kind of idea of where you've got to sell you know a pop star where it's like part sex part innocence part womanhood part everything yeah yeah it's this weird like I am sexualized but like I am also innocent at the same time um, and I don't know I, that that's just me coming from a cisgendered male perspective yeah um 
But I like the fact that they, like Billie Eilish kind of came out and she kind of, you know, I feel like flipped the script. Like, you don't know if she's crazy. Um, she talks like she's on lean. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that she's on lean or ex or Molly or wherever the kids take these days. Um, and like her first out, like her first kind of EP was like, I thought was solid. It was like really cool kind of experimental, um, kind of like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, I, I just thought it was really cool. So like now this debut album is called when we all fall asleep, where do we go? And to be quite honest, I fell asleep. And I, I think it's because you can tell that they a and r this album. And I think all of the edge from her EP and all of the edge from her, like her early releases, I, I would say it's still there, but you can tell that they like softened and sanded the edges <laughs> to make it more palatable for you know like mainstream consult she's gotta go out there and make that coachella money you know what i'm saying go out there <laughs> on that 30 30 30 day tour and then, like there, there's great songs like there's a song called bad guy which is like really cool um there's like really you know there's like these really like zanny really cool song of course it's talking about zanny <gasps> um but you know there's also just like some you know, like more just I don't know, like sing, singer songwriter type of stuff. And I guess it's just kind of like that combination of just like more like Lena Del Rey ish stuff with like Billy's voice and kind of like the lyrics are kind of more like quote controversial, but not really, <laughs> you know? Um, all the, con- the combination of all of that stuff, it just kind of doesn't work for me. Um, so I was, I was a bit disappointed. Like I, I feel like she's kind of the pop star of the future and the fact that she is like post trap. Um, I think she flows and speaks and handles like herself with like this kind of hip hop sensibility, but not in a way that I, I mean, I do feel like it's, it's appropriation, but not like Molly Cyrus appropriation. Yeah. Like it's like this hip hop slash punk rock, you know, type of like, like indifference to the world indifference to like how, you want to see me sensibility as opposed to like straight appropriation. Although she has like worked with like hip hop artists in the past, but like, like it never kind of felt like she was trying to like out, outright appropriate hip hop. Um, it's not. So I don't know. Like, it, and maybe that's the thing. Like maybe it was more like singer songwriter than I expected. You know, I, I think it's, it, it's almost like, I, I say like some like tracks here were more akin to like Mitski. In a lot of ways. Oh wow! Um, where it's just kind of like you know, That's crazily guitar and like you know, it's like these like really kind of you know introspective lyrics. And I think if you like Mitski, like you know, this works for you. Like it will work for you. Uh, but I think to me, I'm not the hugest Mitski fan. I'm not the hugest fan right now of singer songwriter type stuff. So I just didn't work for me. But I'm not also not in the target demographic. So <laughs> <laughs> I haven't had a chance to listen, which is I'll catch up this weekend. But I I, I kind of see your point. You pick a point on the idea of where because singer songwriter stuff and obviously that's that's the bedrock of rock and roll. So I'm not going to disparage it too much. Yeah. But I do think that you know when you've got artists like let's say James Blake 
where who's also a singer songwriter. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's all chopped up and uh, differently and exactly. experimental. Yeah. And even for Bitsky, where you know it's singer songwriter, but she's got weird whole songs. She's got weird things happening where suddenly out of nowhere there's eight oh eight boom. There's something where it's it's kind of like you know, and I get it as a purity of just you know bass, drums, live instruments, and you know somebody bearing their teenage soul out. That's a classic. But at the same time. I think in 2019, with all these other avenues, with, with, with this basically this musical polygot that's happening, to have, like I said, a post-trap artist kind of like say, all right, and now here's the song with guitars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems a little kind of, you know, regressive. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's not all the album. Like, you know, Bury a Friend, I think it's really cool. Like I said, like uh, Bad Guys, Annie, like, like, and I think those are kind of more along the lines of like her like first EP. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think again, like you know, we already can dispute if she's like an, a, an algorithm. She's she's totally CGI created character, by the way. You know, has anybody seen this Eilish in real life? Like, mm-hmm. it, 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 like she she might just be an anime. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, the, she, the Spotify <laughs> algorithm. You know, somebody left late at night, left some fucking you know, like Red Bull and like a turkey sandwich, and microwaved it and exploded, and suddenly you know. <laughs> It's a walking, talking hologram. You know, so like I, 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 I feel like if you, if you, if you are like thought that she was an like an algorithm before, then you like this is like <laughs> your conspiracy theory is on hundred right now. Because like, yeah, I told you, I told you. Um, she's a PlayStation Five demo walking around. <laughs> she, she, I mean, she looks like a walking, talking anime anyway. She looks like Frapper the Rapper. Yeah, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 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 but I think they did kind of take that Lord template. They did take that like Land of Ray template, and they kind of grafted it onto like what uh, she was doing before. And you can kind of tell, and, and maybe that's just me because I, 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 I maybe have more of an ear for these things. But I, I, I feel like I can kind of tell that, and yeah. Not, not, not that happy with it. Uh, I mean, you know, hopefully now she'll she has she drops a little mainstream album. She come out of the the dark and dirty EP. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she <laughs> she needs her dirty album. You know what I'm saying? Release for free. Start beefing with the record label. Uh, come out there on that SoundCloud, all badly you know badly fucking mastered. I mean, but that would be the ultimate game. Like, if you are now algorithm, prove it. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise us. <laughs> Drop some shit on SoundCloud with like Lil Xan. <laughs> <laughs> I dare you. <laughs> uh, and on that note, <laughs> we, as part of the algorithm hive mind, are logging off. <laughs> <laughs> Our software is now turning off. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Uh, no, thank, thanks to everybody. Um, you know where to find us on, on streaming, social media. Um, thanks to all the people who listen. Um, I will, we if we see you in the streets, we're grabbing your iPhone and we're making you to subscribe. So just be on the lookout. And to download that Billy Eilish <laughs> album, also, <laughs> it's going to be like that U two album. We're just going to like have it automatically downloaded to our phones. You will submit. You will submit. <laughs> I, I get I get paid per album. <laughs> I'm the street team. <laughs> oh man! But until next time, people. Peace. Peace.